Jesse Kelly show. Let's have some fun and let's have some hard conversations tonight. Specifically, how do you actually stop somebody from doing something they want to do if it's really, really bad? But look, we're going to talk to a libertarian tonight. One of my favorite libertarians, comic Dave Smith's coming up in about an hour and a half from now. We're going to talk about everything from chili cheese Fritos to Rand Paul destroying Dr. Fauci. Glenn Youngkin, is he a huge failure already in Virginia? Bill Maurer is apparently getting more and more sane by the day. We're going to talk about all this. Bill Maurer? Maurer. Is it Maurer? Is it Mar? I went to community college. I can't. Look, if, if you're going to put an A and an H right next to each other in your last name, don't blame me when I get it wrong. Okay? This is America, Chris. <laughs> all right. All that and much more coming up on the Jesse Kelly Show. But let's talk about this. Do you consider yourself to be a violent person? I would assume the answer to that is no. I mean, for most people, I would assume the answer to that is no. Honestly, you even ask me, I was, I'm not a violent person now. Gosh, I I hope I never have to punch anybody or shoot at anyone again, ever. I'll just go ahead and just live the rest of my life like a Buddhist monk who eats queso. I'm not a violent person. So I'm assuming you're not a violent person, and nor should you really want to be, right? Okay, so you're not a violent person. Do you want to be? No, no, no one wakes up in the morning, man, I hope I turn violent today, or at least very few do. So you're not a violent person, but I want you to picture the person you love the most in the world, wife, husband, favorite quarterback. No, I'm kidding. Grandma, daughter, whoever the case may be. If it's not the person sitting next to you, please don't say it out loud right now, but I want you to picture the person you love most in the world. You get home tonight, walk in the door, and there's a bad man in there with his hand around that person's throat, choking him. What are you going to do? Now, you said you just got done telling me 30 seconds ago, you just said you're not a violent person. You do have to stop it, though, right? You want them to stop it. You're going to have to do something violent, aren't you? Then you can decide. This is just a hypothetical. So you decide what that is. Maybe you're going to run up and slug them. Maybe you pull out your hero gun. Hero2020.com code Jesse, by the way. Maybe you pull out a real gun. I don't know. You're going to do something that gives some level of violence, undoubtedly. That doesn't make you a violent person. What it makes you is somebody seeking out an appropriate level of violence to try to stop violence. And contrary to what we talk about and the things we say in this society, oh, there's no call for violence ever. That's completely absurd. Of course there is. Of course there is. How do you think we stopped the Nazis? We killed a lot of them. Of course there's a call for violence at the right time and place. That doesn't mean you're a violent person. Where am I going with all this? Today, MSNBC or NBC or both of them, you, you decide, one of them or both were caught. There was a reporter who was caught 
trailing the jurors. Remember, the jurors in the Rittenhouse thing are very much secret. Their names are secret. Addresses are secret, as, the, they, as they should be, because there are violent mobs out there already threatening them. And no, don't worry, I'm not about to encourage violence. I'm, that's not what I'm saying. These jurors, apparently, if you listen to the judge, and this is the judge there, apparently they were way out of line. Uh, under the supervision of someone named Irene Bayon in New York, uh, for MSNBC, uh, the police, when they stopped him because he was following in a distance of about a block and uh, went through a red light, pulled him over and inquired of him what was going on and he gave that information and stated that he had been instructed by Ms. Bayon in New York to follow the jury bus. Uh, the matter is uh, under further investigation at this point, and the media has asked questions about it. That's the latest I have. And he was ticketed for uh, uh, violating a traffic control signal. Uh, he's not here today from what I'm told. And um, I You get the general gist. Let's, let's understand how dangerous this is, too. This is a hot-button trial. No matter which way you slice it, there is tension in the air. We already have opposing groups hitting each other. There are already pictures of pallets of bricks which hadn't previously shown up there. This is this is a nasty thing. We have people like St. George Floyd's nephew or cousin, I forget. Cortez Rice was his name. He's already been on video because the real geniuses videotape their intent to commit crimes. Already been on video talking about how we need to go after the jurors. So we're already we're we're dealing with a, a dangerous situation. And jurors are just people like you, people like me. They're doing their civic duty out there, and you can't expect these people to be a bunch of bloodthirsty Delta Force operators who can withstand violent threats. This is a dangerous situation for them. This reporter, under the direction of NBC, allegedly trailing them. Maybe thinking about releasing their information, gathering their information, and let's not act like the media is above doing terrible criminal things. Just recently, they worked with the FBI to release private information about Project Veritas. They'll do this all the time without a second thought. Crimes to destroy you. My question to you is, how do we stop that? Let's all agree, no matter who you are. And I understand that the, the, the people who listen to this show, they run the gamut from, from kids, boys, girls, to, to men, housewives, professionals, the grandmas and grandpas, I get everything in between. So we're all going to have different outlooks on some things on life, but we all can agree on this. Surely, we don't want any juror threatened or harmed, obviously, in any way. And I don't care if it's a juror who disagrees with me. I don't need you to agree with me on the outlook of a trial. We don't want anybody harmed. Okay, so how do we stop... What is the solution to get these reporters to stop? Anyone. Forget about reporter. We don't have to put a label reporter on it. To get people to stop doing this stuff. They don't appear interested in stopping. 
They appear interested in going full steam ahead until we're all either dead or in prison or too scared to speak up at all. Unless you do what they want, bend to their will, they seem absolutely intent on pushing this as hard as they can push it. And these people are radicalized now. The radical, violent nutjob, he's no longer just the guy on the street corner with a weird sign and a funny hat. He's in the newsrooms now. He's your CEO. He's your senator. These people are getting nutso. How do we make this stop? You want it to stop. I want it to stop. Well, we walked in the house. There's a bad man there choking the wife. We're going to have to meet him on that field, aren't we? No, no, not with actual violence. Don't choke anyone or anything. Don't even shoot anyone with your hero gun unless you have to. I think we're going to have to get to the point where if you release private information... I release private information. And let's just get this out there. I don't want anyone's private information released anywhere. Not even communist reporters. Certainly not jurors. But these people do not have any incentive to back away from their radicalism. You're not going to be fired at NBC for this. You won't even be reprimanded. You'll probably get promoted. Probably sign a million-dollar book deal tomorrow about how courageous you are. Speaking truth to power. If there's no check on this kind of violence and radicalism, we had better create a check or we're going to get more violence and radicalism. The solution must be something that makes you and me uncomfortable. The solution must be, okay, let's dance then. I hate that. I think that's a terrible place for a country to be. I think it's awful that that's where we are. But... I don't know about you, God didn't tap me on the shoulder and ask me which period of time I preferred to live in. This is the one I've been given. This is what we have. This is where we are right now with our political opponents in America. Ugly, for sure. But it's where we are. It's where we are. All right, that's enough of that. Let's do, let's do one of our favorite pastimes. Let's listen to Rand Paul absolutely Tear Dr. Fauci apart. We'll play that for you in just a second. But first, you know the wife was an elite gymnast, right? And gymnasts, they get, their bodies get awfully beat up. That's a lot of falling. She had a neck that was a disaster forever. There were days and days and days where she couldn't turn her head. She looked like Batman until we bought my pillow. And this is long before, long before I even got on the radio. We were, everyone kept telling us, buy a my pillow, buy a my pillow. We each got a my pillow. She's not had neck problems since then. My pillow's more than just a great money back guarantee. It's more than just a company that actually stands up to these communist scum. Their products are incredible. And right now they have a steal on the original my pillow. It was originally 69.98. Now it's 1998. If you go to mypillow.com and use the promo code Jesse. That's 50 bucks in savings. MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener specials, use the promo code JESSE, you get one of these for nineteen ninety eight. Go enjoy the best night's sleep ever. I've got an animal inside of me. This is Jesse Kelly. You're listening to The Jesse Kelly Show. This one said to the 
It is the Jesse Kelly Show. I really don't think we have to argue about Paul McCartney. Let's let's not let's not make this too big of a thing here. I realize the Beatles are really big, a bit overrated, if we're being honest. Really big. I'm not I'm not a Beatles hater. A bit a bit overplayed. Paul McCartney did not did not have it. It was not good. And no, no, and don't don't do that. It was okay thing because that Christmas song he has. Every, see, Chris, I didn't even mention what song it was, and he rolls his eyes. Everybody out there right now, oh, crap. Now everyone, it's in everyone's head now. All I had to do was mention Paul McCartney and Christmas, and everyone knows the most wretched song in existence. My sons even know that I will rip the radio out of the wall if you start playing that thing. Because not only is it awful, it gets stuck in your head, and it's so bad you wonder, how did one of the singers of the Beatles pen that song and think, oh, man, nailed it. That is terrible. All right, back back to the task at hand. We must, you and I, we must be more aggressive. We must do things now that make us uncomfortable. Ron DeSantis in Florida, he got up today, and the audio, by the way, is not great. It's not, it's not the sultry sounds of my voice, Chris, <laughs> but the audio is not great. He got up and he started talking about this because someone was questioning, hey, what are you doing? You're banning vaccine uh, mandates in your state. That doesn't sound very conservative. And when DeSantis starts to talk here, he sounds like, well, honestly, sounds like a lot of the things I've been telling you. This is why I've been telling you to get to red areas, get to red states. The power of the individual states, it's the last thing we have left. You need to get to a place like this. So the state... The states are the primary vehicles to protect people's freedoms, their health, their safety, their welfare in our constitutional system. What Biden is doing is not constitutional. There has never been, there has never been a federal vaccine mandate imposed on the general public. It's never been done before. It's not, they don't have the power to do it. There's no federal police power. So that's from a constitutional perspective. It is worlds, worlds apart. You, you don't have right to, you don't have the right to do wrong. And if I had not stepped in last year and made sure that these local governments couldn't lock you down, couldn't mandate, we, get, we, we wouldn't let them fine. We had kids in school last yes, year because of you. me, not because of them. And he's 100% right. And this is this is what I'm talking about. The mentality on the right has for so long been the Christy Nome mentality. Remember when Christy Nome had an opportunity to, to ban vaccine mandates? And remember she made that stupid video? Oh, that's just not who we are. We don't tell people what to do. We're, that's not who we are. That's you walking in the house and the burglar has his hands wrapped around your wife's throat and you saying, oh, I don't like violence, so I'm not going to step in because that would be violent. No. We must meet them and use the power we have, or otherwise, what good is it? And I've, I've tried to explain this to friends of mine in Congress and the Senate who try to take this old GOP tack. Well, I, the free market says I shouldn't say anything. And I've told them, buddy, you should see my emails. My emails aren't filled with people trying to be the perfect libertarian. Well, is that free market enough? My emails are filled with people losing their livelihoods. Losing their livelihoods. Step up and do something. Say something. It's getting out of control. And this this loser mentality on the right that we're just supposed to, you know, I, it wouldn't be right. 
It just, I can't, we're, I'm not comfortable doing it. That wouldn't be, look, I read Ayn Rand, and, and uh, uh, that, that wouldn't be right. We are entering an era where you're going to have to set aside, and I'm going to have to set aside, I'm not just pointing fingers here, we're both going to have to set aside some long-held beliefs we've had about the role of government here and what's right and wrong there. We're going to have to set these things aside as we go into this new era. And the reason we are going to have to set these things aside is because it is a new era. It is an era where the federal government has coordinated now with corporations, has coordinated now with the entertainment industry, the education system, the frickin' Boy Scouts, half the churches out there. The federal government has now linked arms against you and against me, and they've declared war on our way of life. We must enter a war footing politically. We must enter a war footing. And when you enter a war footing, that means you operate differently than you did in peacetime. That's just human nature. That's how our country was set up. Why do you think they call the president the commander-in-chief? Kind of weird, no? Until you understand during times of war, the founders of this great nation understood we can't. We can't be tossing every decision down to Congress to haggle on and vote on. During times of war, one man has to conduct wartime operations. One. One man has to be in charge of that. And I'm not saying you know, make heavy D in charge of all that. That's not what I'm saying. What I am saying is we must get comfortable being uncomfortable. If a reporter, if anybody is going to go out there and release the private information of a juror, putting that juror's life and the life of their families in jeopardy, we can wish for them to stop all we want, or we can make it so and re- release theirs. I don't like that. I, In fact, I hate it. I think that's ugly. But what other choice do we have? I mean, what choice do we have when you're dealing with people When you're dealing with people who honestly just want to torch the place, you have to stop them by any means necessary. And these people, they want to torch the place. With respect, Master Wayne, perhaps this is a man you don't fully understand either. A long time ago, I was in Burma. My friends and I were working for the local government. They were trying to buy the loyalty of tribal leaders by bribing them with precious stones. But their caravans were being raided in a forest north of Rangoon by a bandit. So we went looking for the stones. But in six months, we never met anyone who traded with him. One day, I saw a child playing with a ruby the size of a tangerine. The bandit had been throwing them away. So why steal them? Well, because he thought it was good sport, because Some men aren't looking for anything logical, like money. They can't be bought, bullied, reasoned, or negotiated with. Some men just want to watch the world burn. I gotta be honest, I just wanted to play that Batman clip because I think it's awesome. (laughs) All right, we'll be right back with Bill Maurer. Hang on. Jesse Kelly show again we got a libertarian my friend Dave Smith coming up about an hour from now 
About 30 minutes from now, we are going to have a little talk about our military. It's going to be hard talk. You remember the things I've been saying about our military, how we're going to lose a major war. We are painted rust. Excellent frontline troops. Excellent equipment. Leadership is so bad and so rotted. I am very, very concerned about it. So we'll get to that. We'll get to that. But let us just enjoy for a moment. One of my favorite pastimes has now become Rand Paul, Senator Rand Paul, one of the very few good ones, calling Dr. Fauci in front of him and just embarrassing him. Well, uh, alarming. I mean, alarming one that he has such casual disdain for individual liberty. But if you combine that with also a casual disdain for science, boy, we got a real problem. (laughs) An authoritarian who also doesn't obey the science. I mean, look at this. Over 100 million Americans have had COVID. And if you ask the CDC, well, how do these people react? The people have had COVID and recovered. How often do they get sick again? Do they spread the disease very well? Oh, we don't know. We don't keep track of that. Can you imagine the guys in charge of this? We pay him more than anybody in the government. He has casual disdain for the Bill of Rights and your liberty, but he's not keeping track. He's like, CNN asked him one day, what do you think about natural? He's like, oh, that's interesting. We should look into that as if it was the first time he's ever heard of it. He's a liar and he lies about the natural immunity. He knows it works. This is a recipe for totalitarianism. It's a recipe for something we don't want in our country. Have you thought about that? And I realize this makes this makes people uncomfortable. It makes me uncomfortable. Have you thought about why we don't recognize natural immunity in this country? We don't recognize herd immunity. We don't. Th- these are these are not radical right wing positions. This was commonly accepted medicine right up to the point coronavirus got here. Do you understand how nefarious that looks? I'm looking at a headline right here. Fauci says COVID-19 booster might become the new standard for being vaccinated. What a shock. Woo! I mean, anyone who listens to the sound of my voice every single day has known this forever. Of course, this is the end game. Well, not quite. Remember, the end game will be annual. Annual boosters for everyone forever. That is the end game. Lining the pockets of the pharmaceutical companies and the politicians who enjoy their lobbying money for the end or until the end of time. That's the end game. But if you're a crazy coronavirus believer, that's fine. That's Believe what you want to believe. Then I really need you to explain to me why we don't recognize natural immunity. It's not recognized at all. This guy, Bill Maher, not Maher, Bill Maher is hardly a card-carrying conservative and even he sees it. In the United States, in most of the Western world, we're ready to be done with this, but we're not done until the world is safe, and we're not safe as a world until the world's vaccinated. Except the, the world recognizes natural immunity. We don't, because everything in this country has to go through the pharmaceutical companies. Natural immunity is the best kind of immunity. We shouldn't fire people who have natural immunity because they don't get the vaccine. We should hire them. Yes? If someone tests as having antibodies. Well, okay, but, but, you know, people who've had it, I've had it. Right. You know, I, I mean, I shouldn't be tested anymore. I had the and vaccine. And if someone's I got willing the... to be a fireman, if someone's willing to be a policeman, if someone's willing to cl- go into a burning building mm-hmm. and says, 
I'm just not that afraid of COVID and I don't want to take the vaccine. That should be enough. He shouldn't be losing his job. He shouldn't be furloughed without pay. The guy that saves lives because he doesn't want to take a vaccine. It's ridiculous. And just a little messaging. I mean, I see it all the time. I saw it driving in today. People outside alone walking with a mask. It's so stupid. It's 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 an amulet. Yes. You know, yes. Some, a charm people a wear scapula. around neck yes. to ward away evil exactly. spirits. It means nothing. All that was true. Every ounce of it. Why don't we just take a brief second and unpack how we got here then? How is it? I mean, realize this is not some jerkwater country, right? This is the United States of America. If you don't count the national debt, it's the wealthiest country in the world. Wealthiest country, I would guess, in the history of the world, numbers-wise. We have all kinds of fancy scientists and doctors and roads and hospitals. I mean, I'm I'm sitting here in a skyscraper, skyscraper in Houston, and I'm looking at all these beautiful hospitals and medical facilities. We have plenty of really smart people here. So how, oh how, did it become completely accepted, not just accepted, encouraged, in some cases forced in this country, to ignore something as easy to understand as natural immunity? How do we have people in this country? I saw it myself today. It's funny he brought that up. How do we have people walking outside by themselves with masks on? How did we get here? Maybe a better question is, why did we get here? I hate to sound like Machiavelli, Machiavelli, but who does benefit from all this? What is the real game behind it? Why do we have a society of people who still believe that stupid cloth mask on your face is doing something? Why do we have a society that ignores natural immunity? Why do we have a society that is moving breathlessly from one moving goalpost to the next without a second thought? Okay, I'll go home for 15 days. All right, until Christmas. All right, I'll take my first vaccine shot. I'll take my second vaccine shot. Oh, wait, it's not a vaccine because it wears off in six months? Okay, I'll take a booster shot. How did we get to a place as a nation where we are a country full of people who no longer think for themselves? Why don't people think here? It drives me crazy. Is it is it that people really aren't thinking or is it that people don't they don't want to acknowledge the real reality that everything you know is corrupted now that you don't have institutions where you can find the truth anymore and we don't want to accept the reality that you And me, we're going to spend the rest of our lives dancing through this landmine of cultural filth out there just trying to get by. Jeez. All right, before I forget again, tomorrow is Ask Dr. Jesse Friday. Email your questions in to jesse at jessekellyshow.com. And for the newbies out there, the people who just got here to the show, on Fridays, I don't take phone calls. I don't take guests. Fridays are all the questions you email in, and they do not have to be political questions. They certainly can be political questions. That's totally fine. But it's anything you want to talk about on Fridays. Jesse at jessekellyshow.com. History, men, women, employment, vaccines, food, stupid stuff. I don't care what you email me, but that is the entire show tomorrow. 
And uh, tomorrow, I'm guessing, is going to be a pretty good one. A pretty good one. All right, let's get rid of all that. <laughs> Redefine it for yourself. Editorial claims Thanksgiving is forced upon students. Okay, well, we're going to set all this crazy college stuff aside, and let's just get out in front of this right now because Thanksgiving is coming next week. And I realize how many people out there in this country are making gigantic mistakes. Gigantic mistakes. It's one thing It's one thing to see your neighbor tripping and falling on the sidewalk and go and help him up. But it's another thing to trip and watch him trip and fall on the sidewalk and then just drive on by and not care at all. I'm not going to be the person. I'm not going to be the person who just drives by and lets you trip and fall on the sidewalk. I won't do it. I'm here to help you. I'm here to help you now. I'm going to give you my Thanksgiving instructions in about 20 minutes from now. All right, 20 minutes from now. But first, it's a dangerous world out there. You must protect yourself at all times. And whether you carry a weapon, don't carry a weapon, that doesn't matter. Having a hero gun as part of what you use to protect yourself is awesome. And not just for you. I don't want to be selfish about this. Your spouse, your mom, that daughter you're sending off to college, son who's taking a road trip with his buddies, go to Hero2020.com, use the promo code JESSE and get one now. Hero2020.com, promo code JESSE. You don't need a concealed carry permit. You don't have to be some weapons expert. It has a laser sight on it. It's a non-lethal gun. Shoots pepper balls 100 miles per hour, and it works. It will stop an attacker dead in his tracks. Hero2020.com, promo code JESSE. State restrictions may apply. He doesn't care if you believe him, but he's right. Jesse Kelly. It is the Jesse Kelly Show. That was Tom Petty, right? That was Tom. So uh, this is embarrassing. Before I go into the justice and not justice and the feeling of injustice out there, I grew up in Montana. A lot of people know. I, I was born in Ohio, construction family. I moved to Montana when I was 10. And you know that song, Last Dance with Mary Jane? I was like 19 before I knew he was talking about marijuana. I know, I know. How naive was that? I mean, I learned all these rock songs when I was younger and all these different songs. They're all references to stuff I had no idea about. And the beauty of it is my mother is like the most innocent person in the world. So I could listen to him around her and she had no idea either. We were just jamming out to Last Dance with Mary Jane. <laughs> Thanks, Mom. All right. You hear Nancy Pelosi? This is this is the stuff that drives people insane. Did you hear about the bill? The tax cut for mega, mega, mega rich people in the bill? Because let's be honest about the, the realignment with, with what's going on in the country right now. The Republican Party has now become, you can thank Trump a lot for this, but the Republican Party has now become the blue-collar party. The Democratic Party, they have two main constituencies, the ultra-poor and the ultra-rich. Everyone in between, they're caught by the Republican Party. So what's so wild is how brazen they are about paying back their friends and punishing their enemies. And it gives people like you 
in me a feeling like there is real, real injustice out there. Nancy Pelosi was flat out asked point blank, hold on, you're raising taxes on all these people and you're trying to cut taxes for the mega rich people who support your party? What in the world? Madam Speaker, on the second bullet point on your yes. board there, uh-huh. um, can you respond to the criticism that when all is said and done on this bill, the people who get the biggest tax cut are millionaires who can take advantage of the changes in the state and local tax deductions? As a supporter of that particular measure in the bill, I want to just say <clears throat> that's not about tax cuts for wealthy people. It's about service. Pause it real quick, Chris. Kids, no smoking. All right, continue about tax cuts for wealthy people. It's about services for America's, the American people. In our communities where we have taken care of our people. And real quick, Chris, if you don't mind, pause again real quick. Also, if you have any of the symptoms of emphysema, seek out a doctor. Continue, please. Where we have taken care of our people. Education, transportation, health care, all of the issues that public service brings to people was slashed by the Trump administration, and we're just turning that over. So this isn't about who gets the tax cut. It's about which states get the revenue that they need in order to meet the needs of the people. And that is a fight that I will continue to make. That, that is still the result, though. I mean, that is still the result. No, it isn't, it isn't the result. Most of, that isn't the result. The fact is, is that the, the uh, dynamism that is injected into our states for the people is what is important here. Uh, That isn't the result, Peter. (laughs) All right, one, I forgot how much I love her. Every time she comes on, I just adore her more and more, and I really mean that. I know that she's the Antichrist. I'm I'm aware, but, man, we need a 1,000 Republicans like that. Do you see how masterful that was? I'm going to get to the injustice thing in a second, but did you catch how masterful that that was? Nancy Pelosi. Uh, Nancy... Is it you're cutting taxes for the mega rich? That's that's your donor base. And what what's what's your problem? Nancy Pelosi turns it right around. We're giving back to the people. That's what this is about. It's not about anything. You're t- never letting you frame the argument. Remember when she got busted in the salon without a mask? I take responsibility for trusting uh, the word of a neighborhood salon that I've been to over the years many times, and that. Um, when they said, well, we're able to accommodate people one person at a time and that we can set up that time, I trusted that. As it turns out, it wasn't set up. So I take responsibility for falling for a setup. And that's all I'm going to say. <laughs> it's so brilliant. You got busted knowingly violating the rules. I got set up. Who is that scumbag who runs the salon? Remember the salon owner had to leave town? She got so many threats. Man, I love Nancy Pelosi. But enough of that. It's something Democrats do so well. Now, it's grating to you, and it's tearing the country apart. It's terrible. But they get elected to office, and Democrats promptly spend their time rewarding their friends and punishing their enemies. That's what they do. Steve Bannon, here's some handcuffs. Mega rich donors, got a tax break coming, fellas. Congrats. Republicans take power, and Republicans will promptly spend all their time slapping around their friends and extending a hand to their enemies so they can look like the good guys. I want to be one of the reasonable Republicans. 
You know how Democrats do things? I love this story. Manhattan Democrat Party boss Keith Wright in a cyclist dooring. Charges were dropped. What happened? Manhattan prosecutors on Wednesday moved to drop charges against Democratic Party boss accused of dooring a cyclist and fleeing the scene. In case you don't know what dooring is before I go on here, it's when you see a, a, a cyclist coming and you open your door so they run into it. And it's not funny. And it's not funny. And we won't have any of that. But that's what it is. Moving on. Judge Marisol Martinez Alonzo dismissed and sealed the case. That's my favorite part about it. Dismissed and sealed the case against Keith Wright, who was charged with speeding off after allegedly opening his car door in the path of a cyclist, sending the man flying on August 26th. The bicyclist, oh, it's not funny, Chris, quit laughing. The bicyclist tumbled to the ground and sustained bruising to his ankle and substantial pain. Okay, this guy's guilty as sin. He did this. It is a crime. I mean, I was snickering about it, but that is a crime, and you could really hurt somebody, especially if someone doesn't have an helmet on. You can kill somebody. It, it is a big deal. This guy did this. Everyone knows he did this. But he's a Democrat in a Democrat city, so he not only gets all the charges dropped, he gets the case sealed so you and I will never be able to learn the details about it. How about that? We are not playing the same game anymore. They are just much, much, much better at this than we are, and we have got to get better. Speaking of got to get better, let's unpack this whole naval disaster because it matters a lot for you and me. Hang on. The Jesse Kelly Show, and it is time to get into this and have a hard conversation about the military. We've had it before. We're going to have it again. The great Michael Anton, I have have some audio to play for you from him. It's going to sound familiar. It's similar to the stuff I've been saying, but let's do a little history rewind, shall we? Don't forget, we got comic Dave Smith coming up about 30 minutes from now. Maybe we'll agree on everything. Maybe we won't. But he's a good dude. He's very entertaining. Good dude. Um, history rewind. World War II. We, Americans love talking about World War II. I mean, most people do. Probably not Germany so much, but most people love talking about World War II. Why? I mean, it's One, it's the biggest historical event of any kind by a mile. It's staggering how vast World War II is. You can read a new book on it every single day and not get to every little battle and every little thing here and technology there and spying here. It was like the spying golden age. It's crazy. So when you have big events like that that people know about, it is it is odd to me. I've always thought it was odd. It's just human nature. It's not good or bad. It's human nature where we all kind of end up knowing the same few things And there are huge parts of it we don't talk about because they're not interesting. They're not sexy enough. 
When it comes to World War II, the second I say World War II, almost inevitably you think of one of three or four things. Holocaust, Pearl Harbor, D-Day. I don't even know. Um, probably the flag raising on Iwo Jima, Mount Suribachi, that famous Marine Corps picture where they're raising the flag. Maybe the bombing of Europe. Maybe honestly, I named four, and that's probably the four. Chris, I probably nailed the four, right? And so, but you may be a history buff and may know more than that. But even if you weren't, let's have a talk about the war in the Pacific before we get to everything else. The war in the Pacific was obviously fought by Marines and Army. As sad as it is to, that I have to admit the Army helped, but it was fought on land by the Marine Corps and Army. And there were huge naval battles that took place in the Pacific portion of the war. Gigantic ones between us and Japan. Japan had a very, very capable, very awesome Navy. They kicked us around for a little while in the very beginning. And then the Battle of Midway, we kind of hit them right in the teeth. They never recovered. But when you nerd out on history stuff the way I do, you find out how often the non-sexy things are the difference between winning and losing. And there's something about naval warfare that isn't sexy, but it's the difference between winning and losing. It's just like uh, ground troops. You want to know what one of the most important things is about ground troops? And right away you're thinking, oh, what kind of sights do they have in their weapons? I bet they have a special grenade. I bet these guys are stronger and they can survive longer. Food. Who has the most food? Who has enough food to maintain the health of the troops so you can survive? It's a big part of it. Naval warfare? Who can put out fires? You see, naval vessels are full of explosives and ammunition. And when a ship catches fire, and it inevitably will when you're getting shot at by other ships, when a ship catches fire, the ability to contain and put out that fire is everything. One of the main reasons we kicked Japan around after a while in the Pacific wasn't because we were better at shooting the weapons. It was because they sucked at putting out a fire and we were outstanding at it. I'm going to play for you the great Michael Anton for a couple minutes. I'm going to butt in here now and then, and I want you to listen and I want you to listen closely because not only is this a huge problem, this is not a problem anyone is uh, reversing at the time being. Last time a United States aircraft carrier was sunk, it was the Battle of Midway, the USS Yorktown, June of 1942. We haven't lost an aircraft, actually, we did lose an aircraft carrier last year, not a fleet carrier, a smaller carrier, do you know why? Because it burned in San Diego Harbor and the Navy couldn't figure out how to put out the fire and they had to scrap the ship, the USS Bonham Richard, look it up. The Navy crashed four ships in 2017 Read the official. Pause report. real quick, Chris. Sorry, I told you I was going to step in here. I want to make sure everyone understands too. The Bonham Richard he was talking about. It took the crew of the Bonham Richard ten minutes before they even set off the fire alarm. They discovered the flame. It took them ten minutes to have the presence of mind to even set off the fire alarm. They then have all this equipment on board a ship, as you can imagine that allows them to put out the fire. And keep this in mind, this ship was parked in port at a naval base in San Diego. Most times when that fire occurs, you're out in the middle of the ocean. The fire department ain't showing up with hoses, Jack. The crew must be ready. 
It took them 10 minutes to sound the alarm. Once they sounded the alarm, they couldn't operate the equipment. Our sailors. Go on, Chris. 2017. Read the official reports from the Department of the Navy and the congressional investigations on those crashes. They're marvels of esoteric writing to try to dodge the cause of what happened while somehow revealing it between the lines. If you can sit there with an electron microscope and read it carefully and keep yourself awake, right? If you're Taiwan and you're counting on the United States to defend you, what conclusion did you draw from Afghanistan this summer? Did you get the conclusion that here is a great power that knows what it's doing, that keeps its promises, and that can execute the things that it wants to do, right? So getting back to the carrier point, I'll leave it at that. Forget that hypersonic missile. If you ask somebody who, who, who watches the Navy and follows the Navy, all this based on open source material, I hasten to add, they will say plausibly, if not certainly, the Chinese have had an ability to sink a fleet carrier for the last decade at least. A carrier goes out in a so-called battle group, has a number of ships ringing it and some attack submarines. All of those things are meant to protect the central asset, which is the aircraft carrier, which these days costs anywhere from 12 to $14 billion. And with the wing, that is the, the planes and the people, the extra people on board, there's about 6,500 people on that aircraft carrier. So $14 billion and 6,500 people. Now, 2,800 people or so died on 9-11. And remember what a psychological shock and wound to the nation that was. Imagine 6,500 people in a military defeat over something that was foreseeable in advance. And, and ask yourself how the nation would take it. I'm not trying to draw any conclusions about this, but I'm I just want to take you right back to what Peter Thiel said. Right now, there seems to be a massive amount of groupthink. We're only allowed to think about this one way. Nobody is allowed to bring up any of the counterfactuals. When policy is made on that basis, horrible blunders and catastrophes result. We are going to lose a major war. I have been telling you this time and time again, and it's hard. It's hard to drive this home. I know you understand it. It's hard to drive it home to the general public because they simply don't know and they don't understand what that means. It's peacetime. We're not. We're, what do you mean we're gonna? Who cares? No one's attacking us. And and or or here's the deal. They'll look at our equipment. What do you mean we're gonna lose? Look at all these aircraft carriers. Look at our frontline troops. Look at our planes. We have stealth bombers, Jesse. We have all the fancy stuff. You don't understand. Historically, major powerful nations have had all kinds of fancy stuff, but through a lot of rot that took place over a long period of time, they didn't have what it takes to take down the opposing army that was only in it to kill them. The Chinese military is giving its troops testosterone. We are flying gay rainbow flags in ours. We are currently packing deployed naval vessels full of women. The naval vessel inevitably ends up with a bunch of pregnant women who can't deploy. And the ones who don't get pregnant, it turns into the love boat. And then there's drama. And now all of a sudden you're fighting. Oh, I can't believe you dated Tina. Instead of worried about the Chinese missile coming to send 6,500 troops to the bottom of the ocean. We are not only not ready to take on a major power... We are so not ready, I fear that China wakes up and actually realizes this fact. And on top of all that, the devastation for a nation like ours, when we actually find it out, 
It's going to be worse than anything you experienced in your life. I wasn't alive during Pearl Harbor. I've read a, a hundred eyewitness accounts, consumed every documentary you can on it. So I've seen a bunch of people interviewed. And you find out about the devastation and the shock. I mean, almost you're almost numb. But I was very much alive during 9-11. And I stood there in my barracks room in the Marine Corps watching that second tower get hit. And then I watched them both go down. And I remember the anger and sadness and rage that was flowing through me. Imagine that being a fraction of the death visited on you like that. That is what's at stake. We just shut down our military to make sure there wasn't white supremacy. We are in deep, deep trouble. And I don't care how uncomfortable it makes people. I'm never going to stop saying it until something gets fixed. Now, I get emails all the time asking me about stuff like this and asking me, Jesse, uh, okay, if everything's wrong, if the schools are wrong and the military's wrong, what can I teach my kids? Jesse, tell me what to show my kids. What do I teach my kids? This is why I've been telling you for how long now about what I do. This, I, I can only tell you what I do. There's a great group called Libertas out there, and they have these Tuttle Twins books. These books are made to be, one, entertaining for your child of any age, toddler to teenager, but they're made so your child will learn about the dangers of all this garbage, learn about the dangers of communism, learn about how important personal freedom is, entrepreneurship, sound money, Laws, private property rights, freedom of speech. You want your child to grow up and not be one of these crazy communists? Go to TuttleTwinsJesse.com and that actually gets you 35% off, which is absurd. TuttleTwinsJesse.com. Go equip your child. Teach them. They need it. TuttleTwinsJesse.com. Fighting for your freedom every day. The Jesse Kelly Show. It is the Jesse Kelly Show. Coming up about 10 minutes from now, we got comic Dave Smith. I got to tell you, I'm a little torn on something here, Chris. The headline from the New York Post, I didn't write it. Don't don't yell at me. I didn't write it. The headline is, goalie for the Iran women's soccer team is accused of being a man. Now, I understand women can be more sensitive than men. Is that fair, Chris? Is that fair? Women can be more sensitive than men. I've had to learn, especially with the wife, you can't be necessarily as direct as I would be, like here at work with with the fellas. Got to be a little more careful, a little more delicate. That's got to be a man, though, right? I don't want to offend anybody. If, if you saw this jaw, I don't think you could break this thing with an anvil. You could dance a jig on this lady's jaw. There's no way. There's no way that's a chick. But here's the thing. What if it is? What if it is and the entire world is accusing Igor here or whatever her name is of being a dude? That's got to hurt. That's got to hurt. By the way, before I forget, tomorrow... The greatest day of the week. It is an Ask Dr. Jesse Friday where you can ask me anything. Email your questions to jesse at jessekellyshow.com. Jesse at jessekellyshow.com. Did you see? We have some breaking news on Vice President Harris. Chris, would you play Dome for me? Well, it's not going to be overnight. We can't just flip a switch and make it better. 
Um, the reality is that we inherited a system, an immigration system that was deeply broken, and it's requiring us to actually put it back together in terms of creating a fair um, process that is effective and efficient. Well, that's Kamala Harris. What is with that voice? It's really bad. Anyway, the breaking news with Kamala Harris is her communications director has resigned. And Kamala Harris is awful, so I don't feel bad for her, and I don't expect you to feel bad for her, but you have to just take a minute and think about what she's going through at this point in time. This is a human being who has done everything in order to get where she is, anything and everything. That's just, that's who she is. We talked about it before. She drips ambition. Everybody knows someone like this. Everyone has worked with someone like this in their life, someone who will knife anybody they can say anything they have to say, uh, help the boss out in any way he needs help in order to get ahead. Just one of those nakedly ambitious people. I actually didn't mean to say that, Chris. Don't make that that face at me. Just one of those really nakedly ambitious people. She's someone who has said and done anything to get where she is. It actually took her to get to the office of the vice presidency before everybody looked around and thought, she sucks at this. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and now, now that they're all realizing she sucks at this, they're starting to make plans for the future. I mean, let's remember, Joe, Joe's mind every day melts further into, into the consistency of tapioca pudding. Joe Biden cannot, Joe Biden is not going to make it four years in the most stressful job on the planet. I don't care how long they hide him for, you can't do it. It's not possible. And that's not even me being mean to him. Uh, when you're when you're going through that, you need rest and care. He's in the most stressful job on the planet. There's a reason he's taken more vacations back to his home than any other president. Why do you think that is? Why do you think Joe, in the middle of everything, remember when Afghanistan was faltering, he went to the beach? Why do you think that is? He can't do it. He can't physically do it. He can't make it. So Democrats are looking around, and Kamala Harris was always supposed to be number two. She can't. And look, I realize we're in a pickle here. We got all kinds of bad stuff we can talk about. I haven't forgotten about the Thanksgiving thing. I'll get to that in a minute. We have all kinds of bad stuff we can talk about, but look on the bright side. At least you, as someone on the right, you have all kinds of young hotshots and hopefuls out there. The Democratic Party's future right now is Kamala Harris who now they know, they have all the poll numbers, they know everyone hates their guts, or Pete Buttigieg. And Buttigieg can't get elected either. I've gone over that a thousand times again. I don't care that it offends people. It's true. We have the poll numbers in front of us. In the black community, being gay is a big deal. They do not like it. If you're not winning a Democratic primary without the black vote, that's why Joe Biden got the nomination. Remember, he got the nomination from South Carolina. That representative Clyburn, who's an absolute idiot, but the representative representative from Clyburn stepped up and said, or representative from South Carolina, Clyburn stepped up and said, hey, it's Joe Biden. Boom, South Carolina goes to Joe Biden. It's over. And remember, Pete could never get any traction, and he was doing so poorly with the black community that he started putting out all these stupid infomercials where he's standing around a bunch of black people And then he ended up getting screamed at by them, too. All these videos went viral online. I'm not passing judgment. Buttigieg ain't going to make it. So Buttigieg ain't going to make it. Harris ain't going to make it. Stacey Abrams? That's what you got? Stacey Abrams ain't going to make it either. 
Who's the young hotshot Democrat? Castro? They don't have a lot of them. They don't. So what are you going to do? Pluck one of the nut job House of Representatives squad members out of there? You're going to run AOC out there? AOC has the has the the IQ of a Dorito. She can't run for president. She can't answer tough questions. She doesn't know anything. She doesn't even know how the government works. And remember, people do forget this. AOC is an actress. And when I say that, I don't mean, you know, figuratively. She's an actress. The Justice Democrats, they're a socialist, far-left Democrat group out there. They are getting powerful. They're getting well-funded. And they're starting to run real radical communists across the country. They saw a longtime Democrat right there in AOC's district, thought they could take him out. And so they had auditions. They actually had auditions. And AOC, who is a trained actress, she went and auditioned for the job of being the person who'd run. She obviously won the audition. They ran her against him, and she won. That's part of the reason she talks like this. Every She doesn't have any idea what she's talking about. She's not a politician. She's an actress and a bartender. Completely lost. Also, she's going to be in house leadership in just a matter of years. Think about that. Well, Chris, it's fine. She's kind of hot. We at least have that. Gosh, look on the bright side, man. Perk up. Hanukkah season's almost here. Is it a whole season for you people? Oh, don't worry about it. Joining me now and next is comic Dave Smith. Hang on. It is the Jesse Kelly Show, and joining me now is my friend, comic Dave Smith. Dave, before before we get to Kamala and all that, let's let's have a serious talk about Thanksgiving. Please don't tell me you're a traditional turkey guy. Wait, am I, am I not allowed to eat turkey on Thanksgiving? Oh, why, do, why do you hate America? Uh, do you eat turkey any other day of the year? Um, yeah, all right, touche. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Thank you. Thank you. Break free. Break from tradition, Dave. All right. Now, Kamala Harris, her <laughs> communications director, just resigned. She hires a new PR firm every other week. At what point, I understand she's a sociopath and a politician and all those things, but at what point does Kamala Harris, do these people, are they even capable of looking in the mirror and saying, maybe it's me? Well, I don't know. I, for one, have always thought that her biggest strength was her communication. So I don't know why they would have a shakeup in that department. She's just charming and um, likable. I, I love the cackle. I think that's great. <laughs> I wish she could stick with that. Well, I mean, look, if, you, if we're trying to be generous here and look at it from their perspective, they can't, you know, they only have so many options, so they got to shake something up, right? But the problem, of course, is that they're in an impossible situation where they they picked Kamala Harris so that they could have an air of there's something um, change and revolutionary and new about this presidency because they're electing the 137 year old you know career politician, and the, unfortunately, the only option they had was Kamala Harris, who nobody likes. And so, I don't know, what are they going to do? Shake things up, I guess. Dave, explain this to me. We have a country where, obviously, Democrats are insane people, and Republicans in general, even other Republicans, think the Republican Party is useless at best. That's being very kind. Other nations around the world, I mean, Canada has like 40 parties. Granted, we don't want to copy Canada. 
Why is it there's never been a third, fourth, fifth, I mean, shoot, 10th party catch on here? What has stopped that from happening? Well, I think a lot of it is is inertia. Um, you know, we've bought into the kind of two-party mindset. A lot of it is that the rules have completely been stacked against third parties. Um, and, and on top of that, it's that I don't think that Americans have had too many viable third-party options. I mean, when presented with third-party options, I think Americans are fairly open to them. I mean, of course, Ross Perot was polling at like 70% at one point. Donald Trump was essentially a third party. He just ran within the Republican Party because all the rules would be stacked against running as a third party. Ron Paul was basically a third party. Look, Bernie Sanders was basically a third party. So it, it's because they're – look, the, the debate commission themselves is run by the Democrats and Republicans. So you can't really get into the debates unless you're a Democrat or Republican. And up until very recently, that was the only way to really get in front of the American people. What's interesting is that now we live in a world where corporate press ratings are plummeting, podcasting and alternative media is soaring. And so now we're in a situation where I think there's a, a real case for potential that, that third parties, particularly the Libertarian Party, which I'm in the process of cleaning up, uh, could, could really make some noise. Why clean it up? What needs to be cleaned up? What's wrong with it? Well, I mean, you know, the Libertarian Party has suffered from what both the Democratic and Republican Party have, have suffered from. You know, they've, there's been infestations of uh, woke nonsense and kind of, you know, establishment hacks and things like that. Um, so, you know, just, just getting that out of the way. And for, from my perspective, making the Libertarian Party stand for the true pure, beautiful philosophy of human liberty as embodied by people like Ron Paul and Murray Rothbard and Lou Rockwell and, and guys like that, which really the whole reason why America is in the position it's in now is because we've abandoned true Americanism, which was, the, you know, the Declaration of Independence and the Bill of Rights. And that's basically the answer to solve all these problems. Speaking with comic Dave Smith, Dave, here's, here's my only issue with that. Obviously, that sounds nice, but... I watched a nation a year and a half, two years ago now, get told to go home, shut down, close your business, you're not essential, and I watched a nation do it, Dave. Do we have a population of people who actually want liberty? Um, well, we have some percentage of the population who want that, and certainly a larger percentage who either don't want it or are willing to comply with with it being taken from them, but that has nothing to do with which political party you're you're going with. I mean, that happened with the Republicans mm -hmm. having uh, Donald Trump as as the president. And I think the real problem here is that the look, as you know well, right? The institutions are progressive, socialist, Marxist by their very nature, and of course they've been completely hijacked by all of those people. But it doesn't really matter who you put at the head, you could put Trump in there. It doesn't really matter. Uh, Trump's what? He's presiding over, what, a million bureaucrats who hate his guts, who are unelected and unaccountable and operate in the shadows. So that what conservatives and libertarians need to understand is that the path forward isn't going to be from 
you know, taking over the federal government and then dissolving thing piece, these things piece by piece. That, that's not going to happen. But what can happen is, is you can keep doing what you're doing. I can keep doing what I'm doing. We can undermine the propaganda, which is very important. You know, they didn't just lock people in their homes. They unleashed a massive propaganda campaign to scare Americans into accepting it. So what we need is like our own counter-propaganda campaign. Oh, I don't disagree at all. Uh, Dave, explain to me how we overcome the corporate world now firmly aligning itself with left-wing politics and the regime in general. I have argued, with the exception of the education system, the most damaging thing these people ever took over was the corporate world, just because of the vast advertising dollars. I mean, you see now corporations across the country bowing to a completely illegal mandate from Joe Biden, not a law as it stands right now, not even a rule, and yet the biggest companies in this country lined up for that crap. How do we overcome that? Yeah, it's, it's pretty interesting, right? It's, it's really been a fascinating thing that Joe Biden announces this mandate. Everyone's like, wait, there's no constitutional basis for this. Then the courts suspend it, but yet a bunch of companies are still following through with it. And, and so, yeah, this is a very like interesting kind of merger of corporation and state, and it, and it poses a, a very difficult problem. And I, you know, I wish I had like a really easy solution to that, but I think that, you know, the reason why so many of these corporations will uh, go along with the woke insanity, even though, you know, there's so many more people who hate it than support it, is that the ones who support it make a lot of noise. And I've seen this myself on small levels where, like, comedians get, you know, banned from a club because they'll be, you know, protested. And even though that comedian is hilarious and, and, and 20,000 people, you know, love him, you know, if 100 people will make that club's life a, a living hell, then it's not really worth it for them to book them. So I think we got to kind of get aggressive on, on the other side. And we need to have look like as many kind of like boycotts and as much resistance to like we, we got to start. And we're all guilty of this myself, too. But we got to stop giving our dollars to these yep. corporations who go along with this yep. stuff. No, you're 100% right, and I, I actually talk about that all the time on my show, and I point out all the ways I fail at it still, and it's hard because they surround us, but man, I know I've funded some of the people who hate me in my country. Dave Smith, where can people go get more of your stuff, which I'd highly recommend they do? Uh, well, check out my podcast, uh, Part of the Problem. My Twitter is at ComicDaveSmith. Thank you for having me on, Jesse. Hope to talk to you again soon. Appreciate you, my brother. A really genuine, good dude and sharp, sharp as can be. And you know how hard it is for me to compliment other people on their intellect, Chris, because mine is so huge. <laughs> all right. You know, I've been telling you to balkanize and move to a red state and all that and whatnot. Uh, I have a little something for you on that, but you're going to have to hold on for a second because I have to first encourage you to make a phone call. Not a phone call for me. One for you to protect yourself and your finances. There's nothing you can do to, about politicians destroying the value of the dollar. Let's be honest. There's nothing I can do about it. We, we, we can't. We have to sit back and watch and spectate as they completely wreck the dollar. But you can take some steps to make sure you're not just wiped out when they do it. Get some gold. And remember, I'm not telling you, I don't want you to do anything crazy. Don't sell your house and buy gold. Get some gold from Oxford Gold Group. 
because they mail you real gold. They will deliver it to your front door. Gold has always had value. It always will. Make sure you're protected from these nutball politicians. Call 833-995-GOLD. Tell them Jesse told you to call. They'll take special care of you. 833-995-GOLD. Oxford Gold Group. Make that call sooner rather than later. Missed out? Catch up. JesseKellyShow.com It is the Jesse Kelly Show. One more reminder, tomorrow's Ask Dr. Jesse Friday. Get your questions in to jesse at jessekellyshow.com. All right, before we get to this red state stuff and and Thanksgiving, I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'll, I'll be as gentle as I can about your Thanksgiving tradition. I do feel like, I feel like I have an obligation behind the microphone, not just to come on here and and, and do radio every single day. I feel like I try to give back, really. I feel like I have an obligation when I see special talent out there. When I, when I see a young person, I'm like, wow, that, that guy, that lady is sharp as can be. I feel like I have an obligation to promote these people at least somewhat so you can find out about them. And I will tell you, I sat down for just a couple minutes last night and I turned on uh, Fox News with Tucker Carlson and I thought to myself, man, whoever Tucker is interviewing, that guy is special. Really, that's the point of the trial. And we wanted to hear what Jesse Kelly had to say about that because we know he's thought deeply about it. He's the host of the Jesse Kelly Show. We're happy to have him join us tonight. So, Jesse, you, you watched this whole thing. I mean, did, do you agree that that kind of was the takeaway? You don't have a right to protect your own life. What's the takeaway they're going to get from it, Tucker? Because that's their entire worldview. It's hard for Americans to accept. It's hard for me to accept where we are as a country. Where we are is people in positions of power now. They're the crazed nut job that used to be on the street corner protesting. The the man-hating feminist who used to hide in her apartment hammering nutter butters. These people are now CEOs. They're district attorneys. They're senators. They're presidents. And that's why you see this. They genuinely believe Kyle Rittenhouse should not have stopped the street animals from burning down Kenosha or any other city. They believe they have a right before God, their communist God, to burn this country down. I love nutter butters. I'm sorry to say, I'm sorry to say that. I'm not. I'm not defending feminism in any way. Anyway, I, 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 I can't. I can't resist. So what's? So what's the our reaction to this? I mean, you got to think that people watching this trial, no matter what the outcome ultimately is, will conclude you really can't defend yourself in the country. Like, how could you? I don't think people want to hear what we have to do, Tucker, because the truth is what we have to do is get out of blue areas. You are not safe in any area that is blue now in this country, not because of the street mobs either, because of exactly what you're seeing here, because the people who have the power to ruin your life and throw you in a dark hole forever, they are now in positions where they can make that happen. Get to a red area, become an activist, run for DA, run for school board, make it redder. These people, we are not in the year 2000. We're not even in the year 2010. These people People are now desperate and they're lashing out and they're going to hurt a lot of people on the right before they're done. I think that's right. And when the Californians show up, make them obey your customs and not vice versa. I would say. <laughs> Jesse Kelly, such a smart man. Chris, you almost cut it off before Tucker said Jesse Kelly's such a smart man. That was actually my favorite part. Would you do me a favor and clip just that part out? We're going to need that a lot in the future. Jesse Kelly, such a what? I'm sorry for promoting other talent. <laughs> Remember, right after my show ends, 
my TV show starts on the first TV, so go enjoy my TV show. We have a special one for you tonight. Speaking of what I was just talking about there, Tennessee Governor Bill Lee says unvaccinated cops from New York to L.A. are welcome in his state. Part of the reason I tell people to balkanize, get out of your blue area and get to a red area. One of the reasons I drive that point home is not just that the blue areas are becoming sewers so quickly. It's because the red areas in this country are sucking up all the good stuff. DeSantis is doing this too. He's in the middle of paying cops $5,000 to relocate to Florida. Uh, every cop buddy I have in Florida tells me they're they're full of resumes of cops from New York and other places. The good people are fleeing to the red areas with you. Why not go with them? I've done it. I've done it. I've packed up from a blue area and I've moved across the country and I moved to a red area, remember, without a job. And I'm telling you, it's the greatest thing I've ever done. Get to a place where they say no, sir. And yes, ma'am. Get to a place where they look you in the eye when you talk. Get to a place where, well, I'll put it to you this way. July, we were having a gigantic neighborhood July 4th celebration. I don't mean this July. Oh, we did that one too. I mean last July, while the rest of the country was hiding under their beds with 10 masks on their face. We were shooting off fireworks and playing horseshoes and eating pizza and the kids were in the pool and we were drinking Bud Heavies and eating crawfish. Get to a red place. And it doesn't have to be cold and it doesn't have to be hot. I get a lot of people say, I couldn't move to Florida or Texas. It's too hot. Look, you know I love Texas. I'm never going to defend the god-awful weather in this state. Don't, Chris. Don't start. Don't start with me. You can't defend Texas weather. It's indefensible. Indefensible. If you're a cold weather person, go to Idaho. Go to Montana. Lord knows they need you in Idaho right now because I just talked to a realtor buddy of mine in Idaho yesterday, and he said places like Boise are starting to see a huge uptick in crime, and they're starting to get bluer because the California Democrats are starting to go to those states. You have options out there. You don't have to live like you're living. You don't have to give your kid 95 boosters before you send them to kindergarten. My kids aren't wearing masks and didn't wear one last year either. You have options out there. Pack it up and go to a place that shares your values. It's worth it. And speaking of values, I'm not going to spend long on this because I'm anticipating having a long heart-to-heart with everyone about this next week. Thanksgiving is coming. I know you're making your plans. Stop being a slave to tradition and get rid of that sorry turkey. You walk in a restaurant a million times a year. Well, probably not a million, but you walk in a restaurant a bunch every year. You look at a menu and you can order whatever you want. How many of those times did you order turkey when you walked in a restaurant? Zero. Let's start with zero and don't be a liar. You know why you didn't order turkey? Because turkey sucks and Thanksgiving is supposed to be special. So get something you think is special. Chris, you might even have to spend some money. Get lobster. Well, wait, not for you. But get get a nice steak. Get get shrimp. Get something that's special. Stop being the slave to that dried-out bird. All right. Hang on.
Jesse Kelly Show, final hour of the Jesse Kelly Show. But don't worry, don't don't worry. Yeah, there's only one hour left of me. And I know that that means you're going to be crying until I come back on the air. What, Chris? You'll be crying on the air. You'll be crying at home until I come back on the air tomorrow. But, but, what's tomorrow? Ask Dr. Jesse Friday. The greatest day of the week. So get your Ask Dr. Jesse questions emailed in to Jesse at jessekellyshow.com now. And again, it can be about anything. It doesn't have to be about politics. Ask me anything. It's the entire show on Friday. We have a good time. Let me get to some emails now because I've been lax on that tonight. Dr. JK, I'm not finished listening to yesterday's show yet, but I can't stand silent listening to these dry chipping savages. Another moment. In case, in case you don't know what he's about to go off on, apparently... Last night, I asked, because this is a pretty heady show, all right? We're a, I mean, I know it's a little too academic for most people, so we brought up what the favorite chip was. What is the best chip last night? And the phone lines lit up, and then the phone lines absolutely went down the toilet, so we couldn't take any calls. So anyway, that's what he was talking about. The second best chip is the Lay's Original Potato Chip, Paired with a fine sour cream and onion dip. That container ain't for leftovers, Jack. You finish that bleep. All right, let me pause for just a moment because I think we need to address the big issues here. One, the original Lay's potato chip. I'm not going to address the dip for a second. Just set that aside. The original Lay's potato chip, this is what it is. Whenever you get the variety pack of chips, you know the mini variety pack of chips? It's always the one that's left over. It's people will snatch up the Cheetos and Doritos, and there's always delays sitting there. It's always the last one. And so you're the guy. You were last one to lunch. All right, fine. I'll get some Lay's. I got to have some crunch on it. And you open up the bag, and you have one. You can't stop yourself. And I think that was the original ad campaign. You can't have just one. I may have that wrong. That was Pringles. Oh, wait a minute. All right, never mind. But either way. The original plain Lay's are so stupid good, and no one knows why. It's just a potato chip. What, Chris? Ruffle, the ruffles are not better. The ruffles are abs- – now, I'm not anti-ruffle. I won't be painted as being anti-ruffle. But the original Lay's, what I'm saying is they're deceptively good. Nobody seeks them out, but you grab one. Yeah, don't put words in my mouth, Chris. By the way, are these even kosher? Why are you even chipping in on this? You're pretty sure they're kosher? Yeah, I'm sure that's how the religion works. Anyway, let's move on. Sour cream and onion dip. Totally support it. He moves on. He says the undisputed champ, and he's not really wrong here, is the On the Border tortilla chip. On the Border is a restaurant chain. At least it was. Are they still in business, Chris? I haven't seen any around. They are still in Border. On the Border tortilla chip. You can eat it alone again, but again, why? Nacho cheese, salsas, hot sauce, hummus. Let's dial it back on the hummus, Jack. I even dabble in ranches from time to time. To be fair, I'm also from Ohio, and we order ranch with a straw. (laughs) He says, cheers, and then he says something disgusting I'm never going to read on the air. You know what he said, Chris? Go blue. That's a cheer for Michigan, you idiot. Uh, We don't cheer for Michigan on this show. We cheer for the Buckeyes. And he said his name was David. I will say, I eat queso and chips with virtually every meal. I just had queso with chips like right before I came on the air. 
And we got management in town. I know. And it is what it is. We got to go out to dinner afterwards. There's a good chance I'm going to have more queso right after the show. I'm a queso freak. So he wasn't wrong about that. Dear Jesse, again this year, I placed an American flag on my dad's grave for Veterans Day. Armistice Day, as he called it. Gosh, that's so freaking cool. He served in the Army during World War II and the Korean War. He died in 2003. Let me pause again here real quick. I brought this up, I think it was last week when I got back from D.C., and I was talking about how Arlington National Cemetery back there. And I just want to encourage you again. And I have no skin in this game here. It's not like I get paid per ticket. Take your family. Once your kids are old enough to appreciate it, take your family back to Arlington National Cemetery. I know you've seen the pictures. I know you can picture the tombstones. It's, I, I, I get all that. It is different when you're standing there and you're looking at tombstones like the one this guy just described. World War II, Korean War. It's, it's different when you're standing there in the presence of these men. Anyway, moving on. But this year I came close to putting only flowers, not the flag, on his grave. The communist left has gained so much power in the U.S., which Dad predicted, he said, that I wonder whether he would want the flag on his grave anymore. He despised leftist madness. With each passing year, America is less and less the nation he served and defended. Flag or not, what do you think? Said I can mention his name. His name is John from Omaha. Um, I get the question. I completely get the question. I do. And it's fair. And it's something that we're all going to be struggling with in the coming years as this country continues to lose its mind and official U.S. policy is completely foreign to what your values are or what my values are. As this country loses its mind, where does patriotism start and stop? I mean, we brought it up recently. Remember Joe Biden, when he's absolutely just embarrassed us in Afghanistan, got 13 of our guys killed, and then we drone striked 10 innocent people, including little kids. What do you, how do you unpack that as an American, as someone who you love your country? I love my country. How do you unpack that? Because as a nation, let's be fair, that was evil. I mean, that's flat out evil. Did you see the picture of that adorable little girl? We killed that girl. That's tough to unpack. But as far as your father's grave, I didn't know your dad. And I don't know what he would have wanted. But I do know this. That flag you're putting on his grave that you should keep putting on his grave, it's not the flag of the America you disapprove of now. That's the flag your father went through hell for twice. World War II and Korea. Yeah, this year, next year, 10 years, 20 years from now, maybe this country is unrecognizable and trash and you don't you do you don't recognize it anymore. And that's fine. I would still put that flag on your dad's grave because remember something, he would have died for it. He would have died for it. I'd still put it up there. I get what you're saying. It's not stupid by any stretch of the imagination. I get what you're saying. All right, let's go back to what we touched on a little bit earlier in the show. Democrats launch a war on Paul Gosar. What happened yesterday was this. Paul Gosar, Paul Gosar, he's a Democrat or a Republican congressman from Arizona. I actually know him a little bit, not well, but I know him a little bit. 
He put up some cartoon, some Japanese. Is it called anime? Is that what it's anime? I got that right. It's an anime called Attack on Titan. That's what it's called. Okay, well, apparently it's called Attack on Titan, and it was it depicted some attack on AOC, and the Democrat House censured Paul Gosar. I don't expect you to care about censuring Paul Gosar. He got kicked off committees or whatnot. It doesn't really matter that much. But here's what does matter. What does matter is what you and I are going to demand of our Republican congressmen going forward from here. What am I talking about? Let's take Donald Trump's presidency, for instance. Donald Trump was impeached twice. You understand what a big deal that is? You understand that that is a gigantically big deal? To impeach the president of the United States of America is a huge deal. And they did it to Donald Trump over virtually nothing twice. So what am I talking about? Are we going to impeach Joe Biden? When the Republicans take back the House, do you want Republicans to impeach Joe Biden? It's a simple question. What do you want them to do? Or, and this may be where your thinking is, or are you along the lines of, no, the the Democrats looked ridiculous and that it was totally the wrong thing to do. We should, we don't just impeach a president out of nothing and... You're wrong if you don't want them to impeach Donald, if you don't want them to impeach Joe Biden. I say the only thing Republicans can do going forward if they're at all interested in putting this band back together and returning some sense of normalcy, it is not only impeaching Joe Biden, it is promptly lining up 20 of the most radical members of Congress and not only censuring them, go ahead and impeach them too. Because you can impeach anybody you want. Impeach them too. Now, if you're sitting there saying, Jesse, that's too radical. That's escalating things. I don't like it. I'm not coming at this from a revenge anger standpoint. I'm coming at this from a strategic standpoint. And I'll explain what I'm talking about in just a second. But back to the whole phone situation. Please tell me you're not still sending money to Verizon every month or AT&T, or T-Mobile. And if you are, look, I'm not judging you. I just left T-Mobile. I've had AT&T. That was my first one ever. I've had Verizon. That was the one I had before T-Mobile. So I've done it. But you understand there's a company out there where you can get talk, text, and I mean unlimited talk, text, and six gigs of data for $30 a month. And it's a company that doesn't hate this country. When you give your money to Pure Talk, the average family saving over $800 a year. So one, you're not giving them that much. But two, they actually love the United States of America. And you're saving stupid amounts of money. Right now, there's a 30-day risk-free guarantee, too. So there's nothing to lose. From your cell phone, dial pound 250 and say Jesse Kelly, and you'll save 50% off your first month. That's pound 250, say Jesse Kelly. He doesn't care if you believe him, but he's right. Jesse Kelly. It is the Jesse Kelly Show. Final hour of the Jesse Kelly Show. Don't worry, we got time left. I, I, I need to explain to everyone what I'm talking about in case you missed the previous segment. 
we were talking about Gosar getting censured and Donald Trump getting impeached. And what I said was, we absolutely, if we take back the House at the midterms, should impeach Joe Biden probably several times. We should line up 20 Democrats and censure all of them and impeach one or two of them. I know on the surface what that sounds like. I know it sounds petty and vengeful and vindictive. I get that. I totally get that's how it sounds. That's really not what I want. What I want is probably the same thing you want. We just may disagree on on how we should get there. I want a normal, functioning government. That's what I want. Now, granted, I want it to be teeny tiny, and I want to virtually eliminate every department out there, but that's another story. I want a normal, functioning government. As long as the current Democratic Party is completely nutso, ravaging, radical communist, I will never get that. Because the next time a Republican gets to be president of the United States, they're just going to impeach him again, probably several times. You either want, I'm assuming you want that to stop. I want that to stop. Okay, then there's only one or two ways that we can agree we can go here. We can, A, if we want it to stop, we can not return fire and hope that our good conduct will be honored by them and they'll see our fine example and they'll back off. Do you believe that's viable? Do you believe that AOC, Ilhan Omar, any of these people, do you believe they're going to observe you being the better person and they're going to stop? Or do you think that would be like slicing open your hand and sticking it in the water around a bunch of sharks? Or B, and you don't have to love this option, but you do have to acknowledge it's the other option. B, the other option is make them taste their own medicine. Make them live by their own rules. Impeach their presidents every other week for all I care. Censure every one of their congressmen. Kick them off all their committees. Make them feel pain. The communist does not back off because the communist believes in it like it's his religion because it is his religion. You will never dissuade him with your good conduct. The only thing that has ever dissuaded communists in the history of mankind is making it too painful for them to practice their religion. Start censuring them. Start impeaching them. Start making them feel it. That's the only way. I wish it wasn't that way. I think that's awful. I think it's absurd to think we would take over the House of Representatives and instead of working on behalf of the American people, we're simply going to waste our time impeaching the President of the United States. I think that's ridiculous in a vacuum. We're not in a vacuum. We must deal with what we've been given. And what we've been given is a rough hand. We've been given a hand that has a radical committed opponent that is intending on destroying not just us, the country we love. We either step up and do things that make us uncomfortable to stop them, or we just simply lay down and take it. I brought up that reporter earlier. I'll bring it up again. MSNBC reporter. MSNBC reporter gets caught out Bouncing around, apparently, from what we understand right now, following the jurors? 
MSNBC reporter out following the jurors around? That's where we are right now? Okay, so what do you want done about that? How should we handle that? Okay, let's all agree. Let's let's let, this is a great example. Let's all agree following the jurors around, which clearly is just an attempt to find out who they are and where they are. Following the jurors around is really, really bad, and we want it to stop, don't we? You want it to stop. I want it to stop. We all want it to stop, right? Everyone wants it to stop. Okay, so what do you think will prompt this reporter or any reporter to stop doing these things? Do you think you and I saying, stop, I don't like that, do you think that will make them stop? Do you think abstaining from doing those things will make them stop? Do you think that reporter, when, when they're done out there trying to expose people, people's private information, expose them to potential harm and violence, do you think that reporter is going to observe your good conduct and say to themselves, ah, you know, I guess I do feel icky. I feel gross about it. Do you think they're going to say that? Or do you think the thing that will dissuade that reporter is, hey, look, I put this out there and I meant it. If you expose the private information of a juror, if you do that, meaning you're exposing that juror to violence, even death, if you expose the private information of that juror publicly, I, Jesse Kelly, will expose you. I will. Any information you give out on a juror, I will, on my national show, give out that information on you. Do you think I want to do that? That sounds awful. That's terrible. That's a terrible thing to do. I would never want to do that. I want all this nonsense to stop. The only way to make it stop is to make them fear doing it to you. There's not a second way. They don't observe your good conduct and say to themselves, oh, I guess I have been a big meanie McMean face. I don't, I don't want to do that anymore. Look at how nice Jesse is. I want to be like nice Jesse. They don't operate like that. They only know this hurts too bad. I better back off. These people now are completely unable to control themselves. They've gotten so radical, and they exist in this bubble, this complete bubble. They've existed in it for so long, they genuinely believe anything they do is acceptable. Remember when CNN did that to that poor old lady? I forget what the old lady did. I think she liked a Trump meme on Facebook or something like that. There was a pro-Trump meme or anti-CNN meme on Facebook. CNN sent a crew to her front yard. These people are despicable. Treat them that way. Speaking of despicable, I have an email. Next. Hang on. It is the Jesse Kelly Show. And once again, reminder, tomorrow is an Ask Dr. Jesse Friday. Get your questions emailed in now. There are no phone calls on Friday. There are no guests on Friday. It's all your emails. What can you email? Anything you want. All your emails go right to Chris. He prints them out for me. I read every single one of them. Email your questions. Ask me anything. Doesn't have to be political. Again, this was the judge from today 
kicking MSNBC out of his courtroom. Um, a person who identified himself as James G. Morrison and who claimed that he was a producer with NBC News, employed uh, for N- MSNBC, um, and under the supervision of a person. What's going on? Oh, okay. Uh, under the supervision of someone named Irene Bayon in New York uh, for MSNBC. Uh, the police, when they stopped him because he was following at a distance of about a, a block and uh, went through a red light, pulled him over and inquired of him what was going on and he gave that information and stated that he had been instructed by Ms. Bayon in New York to follow the jury bus. Uh, The matter is uh, under further investigation at this point. Um, And the media has asked questions about it. That's the latest I have. Um, Just pause real quick for a second. I want to make sure everyone is perfectly clear what, what this means and how out of line this is. Jurors are kept secret, especially in these high-profile cases, for a reason. That reason is their personal safety. It has happened several times in the history of this country and several times in the history of the world. Jurors and or their families end up dead. Dead. We're talking about the lives of people here. And this is a high-profile case, and we have radical, violent Murderous domestic terrorist groups like Antifa and Black Lives Matter already threatening the jurors. And remember, these are normal people like you and me. These are normal people. Okay, maybe not me. That's maybe not fair. But normal people like you. How would you feel if you got a death threat in the mail? Do this or I'll kill your kids. They send that kind of stuff to jurors. And now we have a major news organization Apparently dispatching someone to follow them around? To what end? What possible other reason could you have for that if it wasn't to expose them? Anyway, continue, Chris. I have. Um, and he was ticketed for uh, uh, violating a traffic control signal. Uh, he's not here today from what I'm told. And um, I have instructed that no one from MSNBC news will be permitted in this building for the duration of this trial. Uh, This is a very serious matter, and I don't know what the ultimate truth of it is, but absolutely it it would go without much thinking that someone who is following the jury bus, uh, that is a very, it's extremely serious matter, and uh, will be referred. A serious matter, to put it mildly. That's not some jerkwater blog somewhere. That's NBC? Is that the biggest channel in America, Chris? It's got to be one of them. That's NBC. Go follow the jurors around? This is what I've been trying to talk about, how we're, we're entering into a new period of madness in this country. Because don't get me wrong, we've always had nut job communists in this country who, who are willing to do crazy things on behalf of their communism. 
But it used to be, you know, the call some idiot college kid somewhere, some crazy animal rights activist pooping in the street or something like that. The crazy violent activists now hold significant positions of power. Apparently, they work at NBC News, the United States Senators, their CEOs. That's what makes this so dangerous now. That is a big deal. So again, I come back to what do you think will make these people stop? Do you think getting kicked out of the courtroom will make them stop? Do you think getting kicked out of the courtroom today will cause anybody at NBC to go look at themselves in the mirror and say, oh, you know, that was, you know, thinking about it, that was kind of out of line. Marty, let's not do that again. The only thing these people understand is force. I think that's a terrible place for a nation to be. I hate that that's where we are. But that's where we are. That is where we are. Leave jurors alone. You've all been warned now. Leave these jurors alone. I, I, I'm not, by the way, I don't have a verdict. I don't know what way they're going to come back, so I don't have some personal investment in these jurors. They may all be scumbags. We're talking about the legal process in the United States of America. Protecting the jury is critical for that legal process. You leave these jurors alone. I don't care who you work for. MSNBC, NBC, Washington Post, New York Times. If you dox one of these jurors and put their lives in jeopardy, I will dox you. You understand me? Now you've all been warned. Hey, gay bear. That's not nice. That's you know, He's referencing uh, somebody wrote in one time and called me gay bear Kelly, and I don't even know what that means, but it's not very nice. In your opinion, what's the most versatile meat? My mind, I don't know. Ask them all. No, I've quit. We're quit. It, my mind immediately jumps to chicken, but beef and pork particularly bacon, suck it, Chris, he said, (laughs) also come to mind. But your opinion will be treated as law. P.S. The chili cheese Frito is the supreme chip. Anyone who says otherwise is a mouth-breathing derelict. Okay, let's address the back part of this first, because let's get out in front of this right now. The chili cheese Frito might be the greatest chip on the planet. It has a fatal flaw. We'll get to it in a second. The chili cheese Frito has managed to get the perfect flavor and the perfect crunch in one chip. It's not kettle chips assaulting your mouth. It's not ruffled chips that kind of dissolve in your mouth. It's the perfect crunch. It's the perfect flavor. The chili cheese nails it, absolutely nails it. I'm not saying it's not the best chip, but I am saying this. Why is it so small? Why is the chili cheese Frito not bigger? Everyone knows if the chili cheese Frito was, say, the size of the Dorito, there wouldn't even be a debate. I love a good chili cheese Frito. You know what option isn't available to me as a chili cheese Frito lover? I can't dip it. If I dip it, then I get the mess all over my fingers, and then I've got to look around and make sure no one's looking, and then I lick my fingers, and it's a, dis- it's a disaster. What, Chris? I understand you can mix it in, Chris. I'm the one who invented mixing it in. That's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about when you're out in polite society, 
having a meal somewhere. I can't dip these chips. If you can't dip them, I don't know how you can call it the superior chip. I stand by this. As for the most versatile meat, with all due respect to bacon, I don't think you can count bacon. Bacon's perfect. You put bacon on anything. Bacon's perfect. Ta-ha, Chris. Sorry, sorry about that. I honestly, and I'm a beef freak. I, I love, I'm about to go eat a steak. I think it's chicken. I think it's chicken. Chicken, even though it's very popular, chicken is as good or better than beef. Chicken is underrated. Chicken, no, it is, Chris. Think about all the different ways you can have chicken, too. Chicken sandwiches and fried chicken and, and chicken salad, even though I don't eat that. That's foul. Chicken nachos. You can have chicken a million. Chicken nuggies. Who doesn't love nuggies? All right. Headlines I didn't get to. Next. You're listening to the Oracle. You're going to love this one. It's a scream, baby. The Jesse Kelly Show. It is the Jesse Kelly Show. Final segment of the Jesse Kelly Show before Ask Dr. Jesse Friday gets here tomorrow. In my opinion, Chris, Ask Dr. Jesse Friday starts the second this show ends. That's how special the day is because it's all about me, really. Remember, email your questions into jesse at jessekellyshow.com. We were having the argument about chicken. I'm going to get to headlines I didn't get to in a moment. We were having the argument about chicken. Chris, like an idiot, tried to argue during the break that the perfect steak is better than chicken. Well, he's done for a variety of reasons. Well, we were talking about versatility, one. Two, we weren't bringing up the perfect this versus the perfect that. This, is, this goes back to the cheeseburger versus pizza odd, or, or cheeseburger versus pizza argument. In general, pizza is better than a burger because pizza is harder to mess up. But nothing beats the perfect cheeseburger. There is no slice of pizza out there that beats the perfect cheeseburger. What, Chris? I know I say that because I invented the perfect burger. I'm aware of that. Once you have wrapped your lips around the Jesse Kelly burger, you never go back. You never, ever forget about the first time you wrap your lips around a glorious Jesse Kelly burger and the juice fills your mouth and it's just absolutely glorious. Absolutely glorious. All right. It's time. And now... Here's a headline. Go, you know the, you know the thing. Headlines we didn't get to. China. Man banned from all-you-can-eat barbecue for eating too much. This is why This is why I don't think I could own a restaurant. It would be difficult to deal with the people, especially if you had a buffet. It would be difficult to deal with the people who are only coming in there to abuse the system. And this is why if you run a restaurant, you really need someone like me to run it for you, someone who's just naturally rude. Think how hard it is for the average manager to go and be all, sir, sir, look in the mirror. It's time to dial it down. It's time to dial it down a notch. My son Hunter star seen coked up and passed out in a Biden flick. 
Leading man Lawrence Fox is seen in lurid new photos playing a drug-addled first son, Hunter Biden, in a scene that shows him passed out after snorting cocaine off the... Oh, man, I can't even read the rest of that. Um, Look, I'm not going to get into all of Hunter Biden's personal (coughs) flaws. If we're being... Fine, Chris, flaws, flaws is fine. I'm not going to get into all of Hunter Biden's personal flaws. I am going to say this. It still remains a really, 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 really big deal that the son of the president of the United States of America is on camera in several countries of the world violating laws, violating other things. It, it's a big deal when the president's son is blackmail fodder for the president. That's the president's son. What would you do for your son? I would do anything for either one of mine. You call me up and, hey, we're going to release this damaging information on your son if you don't do blank. I mean, one, I'd go kill my son, but then I'd probably do it. And let's understand, that's the situation we're in here. It is a big deal, a big deal that Hunter Biden is such a grease fire. Kristen Cinema calls out Democrat leaders on false unity and honesty. Quote, just tell the truth. Look, Kristen Cinema is in an interesting situation. Let's not praise the woman here. She's a Democrat from the state of Arizona. Arizona is a very, very, very purple state. It's not blue. It's not red. She can read the tea leaves on the direction the elections are going to be coming in coming days. It wouldn't pay to be in Arizona and be thought of as a far left radical. It just wouldn't. So she's got to try to ride that fence as best she can. But she is in a different Democrat party than the one she started out in. Many of them are. Why do you think so many Democrats are rumored to be retiring in the coming years? You know, it's rumored that Nancy Pelosi is going to retire after this term. How about that? I don't know if I believe it. I'll believe it when I see it. But that's the rumor out there is that Nancy Pelosi is going to go away too. These Democrats, the ones that are older, they don't recognize this new Democratic Party, this young, radical, communist Democratic Party, and they're just going to walk away because they are so vicious and violent and radical. They're just going to call it a day and walk away, which sounds nice, right? Oh, sweet, Nancy Pelosi's leaving. Woohoo! Until you realize Nancy Pelosi, as horrid as she is, is actually held back the radical base she has. Wrap your mind around that. The Democratic Party you're seeing now, that's as moderate as they're going to be for a while. Crazy to think about, right? Headline, Yellen says Biden's, that's Janet Yellen, by the way, says Biden's $1.2 trillion infrastructure bill demands raising of the debt limit, quote, as soon as possible. Okay, let's not do that. Let's, for the first time ever in the history of the world, Republicans, demand some things for the debt ceiling increase. And I don't mean a marginal tax cut. Let's demand some accountability from someone for something out there for the first time ever. Headline, Pentagon didn't delay sending guardsmen to Capitol on January 6th. Report conflicts with Pelosi narrative. The narrative has always been that Donald Trump didn't deploy the troops fast enough, 
this narrative has been a lie from the very, very beginning, just like everything else surrounding January 6th. And while we're on the subject of January 6th or Rittenhouse or anything else, let's just all take another lesson away from all these crazy news cycles Whenever there's something that looks wild out there, and there's video of it, because there's always video now, because everyone has a cell phone camera, and everybody, everyone you know is taking a position on something, don't. Stop and wait. How many times have you seen me end up get be right on an issue in the end? You want to know why I'm right on so many issues despite having the IQ of a bar stool? I just don't feel the need to be first. I don't feel the need to say the same things everyone else is saying. I just wait for the facts. How about that? All right, tomorrow, ask Dr. Jesse Friday. Email jesse at jessekellyshow.com. That's all.